This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. The Mannheim Orchestra was renowned in the 18th century for the skill of its musicians and has been described as an army of generals. We have something quite similar in the Philippine Suzuki Youth Orchestra, an ensemble completely comprising musicians trained in the famous Suzuki method. After the reclusion imposed by the pandemic, the PSYO returns to performing in the Easter concert, Risen. This is no regular comeback, however. Risen happens at no less splendid a venue than the Manila Cathedral, all part of the vision to transform the grand old edifice into a center for culture and the arts. The station also experienced something of a comeback, as once again we opened our doors to welcome guests. Joining us in person, for the first time since the start of the pandemic, are former PSYO concertmaster Sofia Bantilan and present concertmaster Teddy Tan to tell us about Risen and the Philippine Suzuki Youth Orchestra. But first, music performed by our guests. Teddy brings us the adagio from Johann Sebastian Bach's Violin Sonata No. 1 in G minor, BWV 1001, followed by Sofia, joined by cellist Zeyra Padas in the Bersus from Reinhold Glies, Eight Pieces for Violin and Cello.
before we get to the PSYO, we want to know about our guests. Teddy, you've been with us before, but maybe a short introduction of yourself. Hello, my name is Teddy Tan. I'm the current concert master of the PSYO, and I'm also 13 years old. For the benefit of our guests who haven't heard your program with Namsia yet, how did you start playing music? I was watching a show called Elmo's World when I was around four, mm. and there was this episode on violence, and after watching it, for some reason, I really wanted to play the violin. <laughs> so I did, and it was fun. What about you, Sophia? How did you start playing music? I started playing music with piano, actually. I started out with that instrument. My mom and her many siblings, they grew up doing a lot of things, doing a lot of interests, and part of that was learning organ and the piano. So my first ever teacher was my mom. Mm -hmm. She wrote down some notes for me to play, and that's how I started learning piano. And then the way I got into violin was I was watching this shampoo commercial on YouTube. I think I was like 10 at the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, her hair was just so glossy. <laughs> I just had to. It was a long saga, that commercial, but the main character ended it with a competition and her hair was waving while she was playing canon in D on the violin. Of so course it, she was playing canon of D. Course, <laughs> it, of course, it was canon in D. And yeah, I guess that sparked a very uh, deep love of music. You mm -hmm. are both, of course, part of the PSYO, the Philippine Suzuki Youth Orchestra. Tell us about what this group is and uh, maybe how it started. The Philippine Suzuki Youth Orchestra is a training orchestra that helps young violinists and musicians improve their skills. It is also uh, based on the Suzuki method, the idea that every child can learn. Yeah, it started out from this one meeting that the board members of the Philippine Suzuki Association had. So this is the organization that kind of is the home of the Suzuki method here in the Philippines. And I guess the way it was recounted to us, it was 12 a.m. And I guess <laughs> epiphanies all around. And the teachers there, Prof. Carolyn Cheng, Teacher Janine Samaniego, Teacher Herrick Ortiz, Teacher Patrick Garcia, and Teacher J.J. Hinon, they had this realization that we had to have an ensemble program for Suzuki students. Because usually when you think about the Suzuki method, it's more of one-on-one -on -one mm. instruction, one-on-one -on -one lessons with your teacher and maybe with your parent watching. <laughs> so um, we didn't have a lot of things where we were playing the same piece, but with different parts. So that was how it started. And I think the way we got in at least was when we first started out with the orchestra, it was more of by invitation. Mm. So the teachers that formed that orchestra invited their students who had some understanding of playing in a group or they were a bit advanced in the levels they took. So that's how we started. We started out with like smaller ensemble lessons and then that matured into a full orchestra rehearsal. Mm. And how many members now make up the PSYO? From what I remember, I think it's around 40 or so. Yeah, mm. 40 we started out with like 12. <laughs> mm. I didn't know anything at that time. Yes, that that's why I when we were talking about it, I said, Teddy, do you even remember? <laughs> because Teddy was like eight at the time. I was a baby. He was a baby. <laughs> he was smaller than me. Now he's like... <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us a more detailed elaboration of the Suzuki method? Teddy did mention it is based on the philosophy that every child can learn music. Yeah, sure. I think we're both the perfect <laughs> examples because <laughs> we are products of yeah. the Suzuki method. It was discovered by a Dr. Shinichi Suzuki in around the 1930s. And he had this realization that all Japanese children can speak Japanese. 
and then he wanted to figure out how it could be applied to music. So what he figured out is a mother tongue method, the idea that when they hear something, they want to learn that, and then they keep improving their tone and other stuff. Yeah, and Dr. Shinichi Suzuki is actually from Japan. So the way it made its way all over to the Philippines was, of course, by the legendary Professor Carmencita Arambolo, who we lovingly know as Mrs. A. Thank you, Mrs. A. Thank you, Mrs. A. We love you. (laughs) Um, But she brought it over here to the Philippines. And the philosophy is kind of reminiscent of that Filipino saying, ang kapataan ng pag-asa ng bayan, in the sense that music is... Aside from how all children can learn to play an instrument given the right circumstances and the right environment, uh, it also is part of the idea that music is a way to develop one's character and Mm -hmm. one's moral excellence and character development. Mm -hmm. Another thing about the Suzuki method is the environment. A good environment with caring parents will help nurture their musical journey. Mm -hmm. It's a cultural thing, so I imagine it translates quite well into the orchestral context. So how does that happen? How do you apply the Suzuki method in an orchestra? I think the primary example of that is Suzuki children. If there are any Suzuki children listening, they all know the pain of twinkle. (laughs) Not the pain, but the pleasure of the twinkle twinkle variations. Um, So the way it's used in the Suzuki method is that each alteration of the twinkle, twinkle little star melody is an avenue for teaching a different technique, a different articulation style. That's not just in the twinkle variations, but also in every piece that a Suzuki kid learns. And since a lot of our members are actually full-fledged <laughs> Suzuki kids, mm-hmm. you could reference in rehearsal, okay, guys, um, remember perpetual motion, remember the staccato or the way we play that, then let's apply it in this other orchestral piece. I think as Teddy mentioned a while ago, we we love our parents Mm. and we also love our teachers. And one of the things that we really apply in the orchestral context is the Suzuki Triangle. The idea that, you know, there's a student on one end, then the teacher and the parent. And they're all integral in the musical development of a child. Mm. Yes, most of the board, most of the people... uh, and the PSYO are actually parents of the kids who joined. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, uh, we're very much student-run orchestra. We're the ones here promoting the orchestra. We do our video recordings. We do a lot for the orchestra. Mm -hmm. But of course, we couldn't do any of that without the very integral support of our parents who drive us to rehearsals. (laughs) To the studio. To the studio right here. (laughs) And Um, our teachers. And our teachers, of course, who are always there to motivate us and encourage us. So, mm. yeah, that's one way. In the PSYO, everyone is like a big family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we go on vacations together. We, You know, the family that eats together, mm. stays together. Plays together, stays together. Plays together, <laughs> eats together, stays together. And part of what we look forward to after every rehearsal is what we're going to have for stuff. <laughs> so we're really a big family and we care for each other. And as one of the senior members of the orchestra, I kind of think of all of them as like, little siblings of mm. mine. And I think that's reminiscent also of what the other senior members feel about the orchestra.
That was the Philippine Suzuki Youth Orchestra, conducted by Herrick Ortiz, in Dumlao's arrangement of Hernani Cuenco's Calesa. We return to our interview with PSYO members Sofia Bantilan and Teddy Tan. You also pursue other fields. Sophie, you are a college student taking yeah. a business <laughs> administration? Yeah, yeah and yeah. accountancy. <laughs> administration and accountancy, let's yeah. not forget that. No. So how do your other fields inform your music and vice versa? And uh, that's something that the orchestra takes pride in, the fact that its members are not just musicians. Uh, I could try to delve into how we started shifting to the online setting mm -hmm. um, because none of us had ever experienced like, doing music online. That was such a strange experience <laughs> going into the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And part of the challenges of that is we need to do more in the sense that you can't just show up to rehearsal and just play. There's also a lot of behind-the-scenes work, like video editing, as you know, or mixing, sound engineering, and... Um, social media work. Social media yeah. work, a lot of social media work. And the students who, you know, had experience of this in, like, their high schools or in their various organizations outside of the orchestra, they contributed their skills. And vice versa, I think the vice versa is also such a big effect because while some of our members are pursuing music education in the future because mm. hopefully they've been inspired by the orchestra. <laughs> a lot of us are actually planning to pursue other fields, mm. STEM, um, business, humanities. And I think that character that you develop. Yes, I feel like that the vice versa is, could be is actually even stronger mm. because uh, for me personally, when I play violin, I like it a lot because it's not just I learned how to play music. I also learn how to discipline myself, practice every day. Yeah, mm -hmm. like definitely that has helped in college somewhat. <laughs> I hope it is because you have this mentality that you got to practice even on the very hard days. Mm -hmm. Even when you're not feeling it, you just got to put in your hours. And I definitely apply that even when I'm studying. <laughs> like, I feel bad, but I'm going to keep going because, you know, this is so ingrained in my <laughs> being already at this yeah. point. Practice uh, every day, practice everyone. Every day. Remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's also this thing of how we're trained musically also informs how we view the world. We have mm. a different appreciation for the arts that most people might not have the opportunity to get. Like when I see somebody setting up a mic or setting up the sound system at the concert, I'm like, oh, gotta pray for that person. <laughs> They're having a hard time right now. Or that even... person uh, busking in a mall for probably eight or nine yeah, hours. Yeah, busking is like <laughs> hard work. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Um, artistic fields also, we have a deep appreciation, I think, mm -hmm. for creativity, for thinking outside the box, and for people who pursue the arts. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. One artistic field definitely does inform another. Sophie, as former concertmaster, how are you mentoring Teddy, him now the current position holder? I would just like to say that we're nearing the anniversary of our first rehearsal after the pandemic, which was last March. Mm -hmm. We had our first rehearsal. That was also the first rehearsal where Teddy got to try out being concertmaster. There's this sentiment sometimes where I think among classical musicians or any field in general where there's this kind of the younger kid is, <laughs> is taking over. Oh no. But makes you feel old. Makes me feel old. Yeah, and I'm just like, what, 19? But I was surprised by myself and thinking that, oh, I'm just extremely proud. Whenever I see the younger kids taking up leadership positions within the orchestra, um, not just concertmaster, but each section has a principal mm. musician. And seeing the younger kids, when we started, they were like eight, 
nine. Mm. And then now they're the ones, guys, this is how we're gonna make the bowing. This is how we're mm. gonna do the finger. Like things like that. It just gives me so much pride to see that. And in terms of how I'm guiding, <laughs> guiding Teddy, <laughs> I guess I try to help with any questions he has. It's more of like, I'm just watching from a distance and if he needs help, I'm always there. So mm. I'm more than happy to take a backseat to the younger members. Thank well. you, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Well, Teddy seems quite capable, but what are your experiences so far of being concert master? For me, I feel like it gives me a very good opportunity to help others improve their skills as a musician. Mm -hmm. I remember when I started as concert master, I well, it was not a good concert master. <laughs> no, you tried. No, there's <laughs> always a first best. time. There's always yeah. a first time. I feel like I'm more confident in uh, leading now mm -hmm. and I can uh, help people with stuff more now. Moving on to the upcoming Easter concert at the Manila Cathedral, entitled Risen. So tell us what this is, its background, its history. We shared the, the vision of the current rector of the Manila Cathedral, who has this idea that the Manila Cathedral, also being a center of faith of Filipinos, it should also be an open center for culture and music. The PSYO's vision is to uh, help young musicians uh, get better, inspire other kids to take on music. And it's the uh, same vision as the current director of Manila Cathedral mm -hmm. to yeah. inspire other people and share classical music. The typical setting for classical music to the younger generation might seem a little stuffy. <laughs> or <laughs> concert halls kind of seem intimidating. The orchestra is an example of how kids, once you expose them to the beauty of classical music and string, orchestral music in general, there is appreciation for that and there's a lot of love for that. So we're more than excited to play on April 13, 6.30pm mm. <laughs> at the Manila Cathedral. One of the interesting facts that we got is that this is the first time that an orchestra is playing in the Manila Cathedral ever since 2018. Why oh, do you yes. look surprised, Teddy? <laughs> oh yes, the last time there was a concert, I was uh, there. It was a Rio Gotos performance yeah. of mm. Four Seasons. Four Seasons, mm. 2018. So we are the first ones coming back. All right. And <laughs> yeah. now that you I return, think, you're playing. I think we're yeah. also the first youth orchestras who perform there. Yeah, so we're mm. very, very excited. Very excited for this concert because previously we haven't had a full classical music concert. It had other nice pieces like film music. But this is, I think, our first concert with a full classical music repertoire mm -hmm. with yeah. favorites like Bach. Ina Kleina, like, yeah, yeah, but I think part of it was also the members have really worked so hard to develop and train for playing these pieces because you know, playing classical repertoire that's that's a big challenge, mm. and especially these pieces, which are staple pieces of the classical repertoire. So, I think apart from that, which is that we've been preparing for this for like the entirety of last year. It shows how much we've progressed since we started. And another thing is also the venue itself really informs the selection. Because mm. obviously we're not playing any contemporary pop, <laughs> pop mm. music. Although nothing wrong with that. But <laughs> I think the Manila Cathedral, what really fits the venue are the pieces that were originally meant to be played mm. in settings like that. So of course, the never-ending Bach, Mozart, Handel, Vivaldi. Mm -hmm. those Thank you, really Bach. Thank you, Bach, <laughs> Thank you, for Bach. our pieces. <laughs> so that really greatly informed our selection of the repertoire. You'll also be serenaded by some pipe organist, some yeah. organ. 
yeah, we're a string orchestra, but we have two amazing pianists and two more who are also violinists in the orchestra. Me and another member who's going to be playing the pipe organ. So if you come early, this is a scoop for DZFE listeners. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> secret, you, secret information. Yeah, this is a secret, guys. Don't tell anyone. You didn't hear it from us. You didn't hear it. You heard it on DZFE. If you come in early, you'll get to be serenaded by this amazing pipe organ music, the very big pipe organ at the back of the Manila Cathedral. We also got an inquiry recently asking if six-year-olds can watch the concert. And of course, anyone can watch of all ages, hmm. toddlers, children, anyone <laughs> is invited. And we especially encourage the younger kids to come watch and listen.
Harry Cortiz, La the Philippine Suzuki Youth Orchestra, and Jamin Hoffman's arrangement of the Danse Bacchanal from Camille Sanson's Samson and Delilah, and a familiar piece to regular listeners, the Preludium from Edvard Grieg's Holberg Suite. On April 13, the Philippine Suzuki Youth Orchestra performs in Risen, an Easter concert starting 6 p.m. at the Manila Cathedral. Early comers, according to our guests, will enjoy a pre-concert performance at the cathedral's historic pipe organ. For more information about the concert and the PSYO, contact 0906-431-1407 or go to facebook.com slash PSYOrchestra. That is all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 12 noon, the following Sunday, 12 midnight, and lastly, the next Thursday at 8 in the evening. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud and Spotify channels. Once more, this is Daniel, and thank you for listening.